everybody welcome back to another episode of beat the odds um what's up guys how, how how's everyone feeling i'm feeling really good man i had a, a refreshing weekend i went to my first uh major league soccer match uh this past weekend but i got a story kind of semi-connected to that which i'm excited to talk about but i've been looking forward to uh to recording today because last week i know we had to reschedule so yeah, I'm feeling refreshed and uh, yeah, excited for this week. Who was playing? Nice. nice. So Houston has a uh, a team. So the women, their women's team actually was playing. So their women's team is called the da- Dash, uh, and they were playing a, uh, I think a California team, and uh, the Houston nice. team actually won. So it was a pretty it was a pretty good game. Uh, and at, it's funny because I've been living here for what almost three years now, and I had no idea that we had a major league soccer team. In fact, I thought Major League Soccer yeah. was brand new. I'm like, did this like, is this league like uh-huh. just did it just come out like a couple years ago? And this just been out before I was even born. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm I guess I'm uh, becoming a fan of a whole new sport that I never thought I'd be that that interested in. That's what's up. What what's t- what stadium? Is it like just any like just like um the same stadium as like the NFL or like a different like uh, or is it there was it just like, yeah, so they they have their they have their own stadium. So it's called the Shell Energy Arena. I think yeah, Shell Energy oh, Arena. Okay. So it's sponsored by the Shell Oil Company, which is headquartered down. All the oil companies are headquartered down here. So uh yeah, they got their own separate arena, which is actually kind of dope. I think it seats like twenty, maybe twenty, twenty five thousand people. So it's not as big as like a nice. football or a basketball arena, but it's actually pretty nice. And um the way the arena is built, actually it's not even a bad seat. Like any seat you have is almost a good seat. So I can see, I can definitely see myself going to more, uh, more matches in the future. That's what's up. That's what's up. Brought you, Brian. What's new? No, it was good, man. So, um, Jamie, Jamie and some other friends had came into town. And so, uh, we all kind of like went out a day party and did all that stuff. And then, um, yeah, I was feeling under the weather for a little bit. And so just got some time to relax a little bit. And so I can't complain. Well, I hope you're back in good spirits, man. Um, I was had a weekend maybe uh, similar to Dre's as far as like the refreshment part in the sense of like, I just got back from tra- uh, traveling. So, you know, my weekend has pretty much just been uh, just hang, like just laying back, uh, doing just, you know, simple chores, you know, I'm saying that every day. Uh, the everyday stuff, keeping it simple. Uh, but yeah, so look, I do think that we should start off with this one uh, topic. It's kind of like super scientific and nerdy. So like, uh, I don't want to lose anybody. I don't want to lose anybody. So at any point, uh, please stop. None of this makes sense. Uh, I'll do my best to keep this uh, simple. But it's basically there were some researchers um, in another country, I forgot what exactly, uh, what country it was, but some scientists, um, and, um, they have claimed that they have discovered, uh, a new, uh, material to help, um, semiconductors and how do they help? Well, essentially they're saying that they have this new material that, uh, can allow semiconductors to run at room temperature. Um, and they have published papers. It's caused a lot of like conversations in the scientific community, people trying to replicate these papers. A lot of this is congregating on Twitter. 
I imagine it's probably also congregating on Reddit as well. But um, you may ask, like, so why? So why is that important? So generally speaking, a semiconductor just um, gathers energy or transfers energy from point A to point B or multiple points, etc. So for like one thing that is very important to to realize about these is that in normal circumstances, um, most semiconductors need to be r run at very low temperatures. So usually it's like, you know, um, liquid nitrogen or other things of that nature so that they can run at low temperatures. So like uh, a simple example would be, um, of a semiconductor would be like for like, like your laptop, you have like a, a mini one. So when you like, if you have like a ton of tabs open, tons of applications open, the laptop starts getting hot really fast. It's doing a lot. Um, and it's trying to cool down with the fans, et cetera. Now, if they have, if these scientists have really discovered a material that can, um, have semiconductors run at room temperature, that means that that there's a lot less energy that's wasted on just cooling down. Um, and also a lot less resources that we need um, for just you know, the cooling down process. So um, I think one of the reasons why like MRIs and things like of that nature costs a lot is because of the materials needed to keep, you know, that type of energy uh, from getting too hot, essentially. Um, hold, so hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, 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 I just want to correct you here. You're saying semiconductors. You mean superconductors? Ooh, sorry about that. Superconductors, exactly. So this, that's exactly. Yeah. That's why I had to do that scientific uh, preface real quick because it can get real technical, real easy. Um, sorry guys. Uh, superconductors. Um, and um, but yeah. So that's part of the, like that's part of the one of the main things that people are looking forward to is that like, is this actually real? Um, and to kind of also highlight maybe more some of the importance, you know, um, the last time someone discovered something large, you know, uh, as far as material wise in superconductors, you know, uh, they discovered like mercury was a good one and um, they won a Nobel prize. And uh, for example, when you think about our electric grid, it's estimated that tens of millions of dollars are, just spent on wasted, just like wasted energy, maybe five to 15% across the board. And so this material has potentially a lot of um, positive benefits across the board, if, if it's true. But I just wanted to bring that out. Um, so a little, like I said, scientifically, kind of to get a little, little deeper. I thought it was interesting how scientists are kind of coming together, almost like in the way that um, we saw with like COVID. Um, and, 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 and things of that nature. No, I'm gonna keep it a stack with you. Like I haven't, I haven't dove into this, but this is one of those things that's on my list to dive into. Um, and, uh, like when I first had heard about superconductors, I know the one thing that came to me was they have the property to basically repel like, you know, certain like magnetic material. and so. Um, I know I have read about it in the context of superconductors being important for like levitation. And so one of the experiences I first thought of just knowing that like, oh, that's exactly where, where my head went. Just because there's a train about a block from us that is running above ground 24 seven 
and it's a lot of sound pollution. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like even thinking about just, 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 yeah, just, and just thinking about like what that causes just for your experience of living, like, oh no. And so I can only imagine, but think about like cars, like, like it, 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 what does that mean? One day we may have, you know, levitating cars. I feel like yeah. that's a little, a yeah. little far that's away cool. because you would have to, you would have to change the roads yeah. to be honest. But you would have to change a lot of the infrastructure. But it's possible. It's yeah. possible. And things like this, things like this do like increase the chances of like those type of futures from like you know unfolding. But also, I want to point out something that you mentioned that about like sound pollution. Like, um, that's actually a real thing. Like you might get a place, like it looks nice, it's great. And then like, you know, just at certain, like just cars, like for example, where I live it's near airports where there's always cars, like constantly, mm. like all throughout the day. And, you know, um, that's something I didn't even uh, realize when we were first like looking for a place. So like that does affect your, um, uh, your quality of living. Cause for example, I prefer to do different activities in different rooms primarily because of like sound. Mm-hmm. So yeah, levitating and stuff could, could uh, change freeways, highways, maybe yeah, traces, a bunch of stuff too. Nah. And what I would add to that too, is like, I had to look it up. Um, Cause you know, you, you, you hear about like sound pollution and you don't think it actually has like major like impacts on you, but researchers have found that living in an area with, you know, uh, long-term exposure to sound pollution actually leads to increased stress levels. It can lead to high blood pressure. It can lead to, uh, obviously, you know, sleep disruption. But one that I found in, uh, interesting was like it actually, folks that live in these kind of areas, it has shown that it actually contributes to uh, increased heart disease. And so mm. we, 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 don't, we don't think about what the exposure to like, these just everyday minute things in, in, in our environments have on us. But um, yeah, to see that, like th- that's going to become a reality one day. That's pretty dope. On the sound, pol- on the sound pollution tip, as y'all, as you were talking, I was just re- reminded of a conversation I had with a family member who used to live in New York. And if you've ever like been to New York, p- probably similar to Chicago, but obviously much larger scale, it's incredibly noisy. It's always sirens. It's always like just something happened. Like the city is incredibly loud. And I had a family member who lived there, grew up there, and then they ended up moving to like Durham, South, North Carolina or South Carolina. I always get them to mix them. But anyway, they moved to a much smaller town and they had a hard time sleeping for a really long time. Um, and they had the adverse effects because they were so used to hearing the sounds and so used to just like hearing chaos and sirens that the fact that they didn't hear that anymore, like they like couldn't sleep for a long time. Like it, it actually like had adverse effects on them. So that just goes to show like how polluted, how, um, how uh, I guess affected we can be from sound pollution and not even realize it, that our brains are just like kind of triggered and like yeah. become, uh, you know, become normalized to those types of sounds. Um, and you know, that can have, you know, effects like sleeping, you know, he wasn't able to sleep and it has a whole other set of health effects. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to, I want to throw this last thing out, but I want, I want to throw this out while we are, we are on, on the concept of just superconductors is, um, 
Yeah, right now, like, I feel like there's so many fundamental technologies, like, emerging in our world. Obviously, we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about AI, but one that, you know, scientists feel like is going to have uh, a dramatic increase in terms of just how we might go about our daily lives or go about discovering, you know, new drugs or whatever is quantum computing. And one of the most crucial infrastructure pieces to quantum computing is superconductors, right? Because the fundamental thing of quantum computing, which is the qubit, um, is literally managed um, and controlled by, by, the, by the superconductor materials. And I remember a few weeks ago when I was watching uh, the IBM kind of documentary on their super, uh, on, on, on their quantum computer, they had to store it in very cold temperatures. I didn't understand why, because I didn't know that much about superconductors. But now that this paper is coming out and saying that this type of material has been discovered, it makes sense. And so just imagine like if these results are verified and are replicated, what it can do to that potential field as well. I feel like what we're experiencing in AI um, and kind of the impact the GPU is having when it comes to just like the break, the, the the breakthroughs that we're experiencing, this could potentially be that for quantum computing, like accelerating the timeline for that to you know actually start to you know become a real thing for us. So I'm excited. So what? what are, so I have two questions. First, you mentioned IBM. I don't even know IBM was even in this race. I thought they were like on the verge of dying. But it seemed like this might be the thing that that helps. <laughs> That helps save them or like help secure a future for them. But like, I, I guess what are the use cases for quantum computers? Like, how does that relate to like the, the everyday person or better yet, what is enabled by quantum computers outside of like AI? But I guess, are there other use cases or specific use cases, Brian or Rodney, that either of you are aware of where the application of quantum computers um, would be enabled that isn't necessarily possible today? Yeah, I think uh, uh, one concept that comes to mind is it, it just because the amount of computation that can be done is, is theoretically would be much, much more, like just would theoretically be much faster, meaning that, so for example, when I think about um, Apple, I think about the Vision Pro, um, and I think about how, how much compute needs to happen in a fast way for certain next level experiences. Um, I think constant computing can unlock some of those things. Uh, so for example, um, and maybe this ties into something that I, I, we talked, like Brian wanted to talk about. Um, I know Brian wanted to talk about uh, Google's ro- uh, um, robotics or robotics AI, or the, Brian knows the exact naming, but the point is, is that um, being able to perceive uh, an environment could be do- be done much faster. Um, whereas right now, I think that with our computing, we have some limitations, and there's still a lot of um, manual stuff that we have to do. Uh, whereas, for example, if you have quantum computing, I think in the future world, you know, building things that like like a a call center, like a, a fully automated call center where there's, there's no, um, 
people on the other line. Yes, there, there are agents that could if need be, but the point is, is that a live conversation can happen at the, at the real time, real time, almost like in the way like a live video could. Um, whereas right now, I think usually with AI, you got, you kind of like input or like, or chat, like let's say you called in for a company, like last week, I, so I just got a new car and last week I had like a ton of issues, like with customer service, et cetera. And I was whole time thinking AI would help, but then at the same time, it's still a slow process. But well, some things like quantum computing, I can imagine that the calculation can almost make it feel like it's a real conversation or it's, or being processed in real time. Cause when I talk to, for example, uh, you, you guys, it's, it has a live nature to it. Whereas where I'm talking to right now, a machine or an, a custom agent or whatever, it has that delay. I think that's because of the, the, the amount of compute that we can do. We're limited by. Yeah. Nah, it's, uh, I ain't even going to sit here and act like I'm any type of expert on this shit. This shit, it's, 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 it's definitely very interesting. And I feel like, um, it's one of those areas where you got to understand a few kind of like physics terms, but the big one is, um, have y'all, are y'all familiar with Schrodinger's cat experiment? No. Got you. So it was this famous, uh, experiment, um, that a scientist uh, had back, did back in the day. And basically what it proved was that every, um, in, in, in terms of the, the quantum world, every atom uh, or, yeah, every atom or every piece of matter existed um, in, in two states. So he was able to prove that a cat at the same time was dead or alive. And if it, if it if it appeared dead or if it appeared live, depending on how a person viewed it, which is which is which is very just intriguing. And so this is like the primary. Mm -hmm. So the concept is called superposition, which is like matter's ability to be able to be in uh, multiple different positions at one at one time. Versus, like, say for example, if you're doing you know traditional computing, it's if this or if then do this else do this type you know, you know what i mean like both of those things can't be true that's not how traditional computing has been set up and so the big thing that like i just pulled this up to make sure that like you know i was sharing this bit of information with y'all but what it says is um yeah what makes quantum computing different is it has the potential to explore a vast number of potential possibilities simultaneously and so going, going back to it, like speeding things up, you can imagine like a quantum computer potentially, you know, getting a swath of just real-time data about a city. And because it can explore and see all the potential possibilities that may exist in the world based off of all these variables, it can better predict crime, right? Or what if you apply that to weather or financial markets, you know, you potentially can better predict where, where the stock is going ahead or whatever. And so it like this small, minute, just detail that they built this computer on just dramatically changes how problems would be approached when it comes yeah. to a computational like standpoint. But yeah, very I, fast. I just want to say you, you, 
you started that conversation by saying, I'm no expert, but then you went on to give an expert <laughs> an expert breakdown <laughs> using scientific <laughs> language and talking about matter in different positions and shit that I couldn't even wrap my head around. Right. I'm almost lost. So almost yeah, lost. You, you know more than you know more than the average. So to the listeners, you definitely sound like you and Rodney both are definitely sound like the experts. <laughs> sure. Uh, hey, I'm telling you, I almost lost me, man. I'm like, I'm hanging on by a thread, hanging on by a thread, trying to trying to follow. Oh, uh, because uh, Bradley took it to the infrastructure level, and um, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, no, you which, you tied which, it you tied yeah. it together nicely, which I think leads into the next thing that Rodney you had already mentioned about Google and these robots or the model this model that Google came out for robots. Bradley, yeah, yeah. you want to expound on that because that, that that seemed pretty interesting, and obviously Google has some a little bit of an interest in history with robots. We know, we just found out about. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. So, yeah, they just they just dropped this last week, and it specifically came out of a. Uh, uh, deep mind just to uh, you know be specific here but they're calling the the, the 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 new model rt2 so it stands for robotic transformer 2 um and they're actually pushing this one um as a vision language model uh yeah they're actually calling the v a v a vla model so vision language action and so going back to what we were saying last time on the pod that when it comes to ai you really have to understand what they mean by the language. Um, I do think they, 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 they did a good job of just kind of, you know, matching this to what the everyday person would kind of expect when you hear that. And so just to quickly run down uh, what this model uh, specifically is, um, it, it has the capability of being able to perceive the world. So obviously robots have always kind of been built with sensors, cameras, things of that nature. Um, and it's basically taking that information, uh, translating that into, you know, through embeddings like, you know, uh, in, in, into text, plugging it into a language model um, along with like, you know, some instructions and, and, and things of that nature. And then based off of what that language model, think of the language model as chat GPT or BARD or whatever, comes up with in terms of the plan, it then gives the robot an action. So let me make this tangible, right? Say, for example, you have a robot and you want the robot to be able to go to, you know, your dryer, take out the clothes and fold it, right? Traditionally, you needed computer scientists or these researchers to explicitly hard code do that, right? So that's why robotics has been very slow moving, you know, like very expensive because it took a lot of time for them to go in there and kind of, you know, iterate on, on that. What, what is happening now is the robot would be able to notice like, oh, shoot, I'm in, I'm in the bedroom, right? And because it has an idea of kind of, you know, it's, it, it's placed in the space, it's able then to say, okay, based off of that, okay, if I'm in the bedroom, it knows where your dryer is, similar to like your Roomba. So this technology from, from spatial has kind of been around. It's now using the language model to say, based off of this information on where I am and where I want to go, tell me the steps I need to take to get there. So the language model then comes up with the steps. Think of this as similar, you going to chat GPT and saying, I wanna complete this task, break down step-by-step step how I would complete this task. And then it's translating, they're translating those actions back to specific actions for the robot. 
And so now it's saying like, oh, if you want to first drive forward or however the robot is built, like those actions don't need to be hard coded. That's the big thing here. Those actions no longer have to be hard coded into a robot because they've basically replaced this rudimentary rudimentary thing with the brain of chat GPT, Bard, et cetera, et cetera. And so this is very, it got me excited when I was reading this. And uh, yeah, what, 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 what are y'all talking? So, so they're basically using these large language models as the foundation of, of, yes. every, of, of everything, essentially, right? Of, of essentially the future of computing, it looks like. Yes, yes. It's becoming large language. Like, it's, it's, it's very interesting because literally English, like, English is becoming the new programming language. Like, yeah, I like that. It, and what, what was interesting about this model was they actually trained it. Um, they trained it on multiple languages. So it knew like French, it knew like, uh, I think it even knew like Mandarin. Like, it, 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 it was just very intriguing to say the least. So it's like natural language as yeah. a protocol. Uh, right? So, so my, my thoughts on this are, uh, uh, so I think you said, uh, was it, was it a vision? Um, and then it's, uh, 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 language and then yep, action? language. Is that what you yep. said? Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, so, um, well, I'll start by saying the most impressive part of that is the action part. Um, and that seems to be where the most of the complexity comes into play. It, it, it would seem like, it seems like you would. It seems like that's very valuable um, to have any model that's able to understand how to execute an accident. So not so. I believe that I what I've seen thus far before I knew about this news, I've seen Google Vision capabilities uh, or just AI vision capabilities improve. I've also seen uh, large language models improve. Um, it doesn't surprise me that they can com- that we can combine all those to create you know, plans based off of what's being seen and language models, et cetera, because visions, uh, the vision models are usually spitting out language descriptors and language models can turn that into plans. Now, the impressive part is the action part, uh, the executing part. Um, So like in my mind, I'm like, okay, if you have a robot and, and there's a track and you say, walk one lap around the track, that to me sounds okay. It just has to understand how the robot, like left, right, or whatever the however the robot gets around, whatever the move function is for the robot, it just it, it does that. Um, but then when I start to think about more complex tasks, that's how I wonder. Um, that's where I start to get um, really interested to see where how that goes. Um, it could be really exciting. One, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to exist today. But I can see where things are headed in that way. So. For example, you know, we were just talking about a world where, you know, having like r- robots, you know, in, in our households. Um, uh, but also you could imagine people will have robot security guards, et cetera. Um, and then, so then now I started to think about the level of detail that the vision is also going to require, which I believe we'll get there. Cause I think when we see things like Tesla AIs, et cetera, like it's clear that vision, there's a lot of things that can be done on that, that span. What I'm most interested in is like, 
how how uh these robots like move because I, I guess in my mind i always thought about like, a robot in, in a robotic way like step by step like kind of like frozen type of like you think when you think of a robot or you disguise somebody as a robot like you know it's like it's kind of like oh they're moving like like TikTok, like like in a way that's kind of predictable but like fluid like a fluid robot that that's something that like when i think about when i see stuff like this i start to think like is are we getting closer to that future where it's like like for example, if it's if there's a housekeeper robot in your house, and you and, and it knows to wash the dishes when it gets to a, when it sees a certain level of dishes in the sink, you know, like like being able to like I get it, being able to see that, see the problem, create the plan. It's the action part that I'm that I'd be the most impressed about, like the like the actions on the Pacific, like because now it's like take this dish, this has to go this like it's very it gets very complex. Um, and they don't say it can't be done. It's just that that's the most interesting part for me. No, nah, I think um, you're 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 not wrong by like emphasizing actions. And the reason why this is extremely important is because it's very similar to think about like how a child learns, right? Like it learns. Yeah. It's learning through experience, right? And the interesting thing about these AIs is unlike a child where mm -hmm. you can't just drop a load of experience <laughs> into a child and hope they learn from it, you can do it with these models. It's called the data set. And so the interesting thing that they did here was, well, just based off their evaluation was they saw a 90% success rate when it came to um specifically tasks Brilliant. that were in the in in uh in in the data set they saw a 90 percent success rate when it came to completing that task so if they've seen it if, if okay. they put it in the data set it's it's a pretty good chance it knows how to complete it verse what i even okay. what i found more interesting was on tasks that it had not seen so on tasks that uh, were uh, not in in, in no the way. data set there's no way. So, no way. The no, previous right. think well, about this, Rodney. Give an example. Give the, an example, so, please. Um, and it it was some basic examples. Like it, it, one one was like doing the dishes type thing, right? But the success rate, what they found was it went from the previous kind of benchmark was thirty two percent success rate. This one went to sixty two percent. So just right. by are you talking about success? Are you talking about success in terms of like listing out the steps it needed to take to complete the action? No, not only perceiving it, not only listing out the steps, but completing, like acting on those steps, like the full process. So there were, so wait, wait, so there's been robots, there's been robots, wait, wait, so there's been robots that's been able to actually wash dishes. Well, actually, you know, perceive the dishes, perceive the dishes need to be washed and then wash the dishes. That's what you're saying? 62% yes. of the time? Yes. All right, where, where's that link at? Let's share that link. I want to see that. You know, we, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Look, 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 look. So, so let me tell you something. Yo, that's incredible. Uh, um, um, but I would also say something else too. Um, when I think about founders, right? Let's, let's just assume everything that's been said is 100% true, 100% accurate, right? If you're starting a business or even not even a founder, if you're within a large uh, enterprise company and you're saying, how do we introduce robots to people? then it would almost seem like now 
Brian is just arguing. It's a it's a data set thing. So now I imagine something like uh, whoever comes out with the robots would have, for example, ten kitchens in a warehouse and robots just repeating the same things over and over again, and just being trained over and over again for like how many hours do you need? You know, um, and also I guess maybe they can combine some of the stuff that like this user content. I guess like that can. But, like, but, but hold on, hold on. There are videos of people like, yeah. Rodney, how do you train that data set? Like, Rodney, you talking crazy right now because think about that. Like, when it in robotics, in robotics, traditionally, when it's come, think about like autonomous vehicles. It's not like the after they build an autonomous vehicle, their first thing is like, let me go put this on a road. They put these robots in these simulations. You know what I mean? And so think about like, of course. Think, think, right. think about Before, what that's going right. to do. You know what I mean? Well, like, well, and, yes. Well, okay. Okay. Well, at the same time. Okay. 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 Um, so you got simulation data. You got you got video data, like you said. Oh, okay. and video is taken off right now. Okay. Simulation and video, and you're saying okay, the combination may be. So you're saying it might it, it could. You're saying it could potentially be better than us at certain tasks. Is that what you're saying? I. On, 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 on some tasks, probably if you're, if, if it's like, if we're building a high quality data set, a hundred, a hundred percent, I think we'll yeah. kind of be able to get there. I think it's going to be more, it's going to be better in us in terms of it can just do anything. How do we get the data sets though? I, well, where do we, like, I, I get the simulations part, right? But like the data sets, like, like, for example, when I'm looking at this link that you shared, I who, see a who, robot. Like who does this. Google own? Well, I think the data set comes from I, I think you I think it needs to be deployed. I think it needs to be deployed though. Because in the in the context of like, let's say self-driving cars, one could argue right. Elon has taken this position. The self-driving cars are the, the, the Tesla car is effectively a robot, right? It's using visual image processing. It has a supercomputer yeah. inside of it. It's processing information in real sure. time. Like the way he thinks about it is it 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 literally is a robot. And it's only from deploying millions of cars on the road and having all these robots essentially having all their perception sensors and depth sensors, all these sensors on and processing information, can they improve it? It's only so much you can do in the chamber. And so, yeah, yeah you can run the simulation. You. you can run the simulation all night and all day. You can look at YouTube videos. You can do all of that. But I think there's something about real, real application where you just got to like do it. And that's part of the reason why I don't think we have full autonomous vehicles today is like, we just, there's just a much more to, to, for it, for it to be done. If you could just run it in a simulation, the, the problem will be solved, oh. at least in the self-driving, self-driving car manner. So I, I, I agree. I agree with you. I think this is where we're still, there's, pro, there's, there's a lot of research happening right now because no one has like figured out how, how to like do this. Like, get the most out of it. But I think we're sleeping on human demonstration. Like, we haven't really figured out how do you translate all this video data to something, like, to a data set where you can really train an AI, specifically, like, a language, if a language model. And I think, I think you're, 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 you're going to uh, continue to see more progress there. But, like, think about it. When people are uploading things to YouTube, rather if it's, you know, a lecture it may be you know somebody cooking what, hey, what, what, hey, what i'm sorry to interrupt you i'm sorry to interrupt you brian i'm sorry to interrupt you this 
graphic on this link you shared is creepy. Like the animation with the with the eyeball and it's looking at all these different data. Like it's like I guess it's saying that it's recording data. Bro, that's creepy, bro. And then it turns into a robot at the end. I just want to point. I'm sorry to interrupt you, bro, but bro, that bro. <laughs> Maybe it's the developers that might check the developers, but that's creepy, bro. Like it started off as a little like. Bro, <laughs> damn yeah, no, it, sorry, it is creepy. It is creepy. It is creepy. Yeah, I gotta see this in like real usage because I feel like Google be publishing a lot of stuff. <laughs> but it's like what? Very skeptical. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical, bro. I'm skeptical. I mean, can we not all be? I mean, Google was ahead on the transistor. They've been ahead on all this research, but research don't mean nothing unless you turn it into something, to an application that people actually use. Even Elon Musk said it himself. Like, That's what I care about. You can world. look at some of the greatest inventors of history, some of these great people that we talk about, but it's only a few technologies that we actually still use today. And those are the ones that get remembered. Nobody cares about the people who just got stuck in the lab doing the research. It's who took that shit and applied it to everyday life and actually moved humanity forward. And so all I'm hoping is that Google does it. That's all I'm hoping. And so or I don't think they technology and does it. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 yeah. It, maybe that's where maybe that's where we're at. Like the technology, they're opening it and maybe like it's everybody it's somebody else's job to to take that and I don't know how to use it, but yeah. But yeah, consumer in a consumer way. Nah, I, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I think I think your skepticism is valid just because I had read something earlier that Google lost like 24 has been uh in total they've lost 24 billion on their other bets and kind of like research stuff. And so mm. hmm. the proof is in the pudding. Hmm. Well, maybe that yeah. maybe that just goes to show the signs of uh focus at scale right is that when you're when you're at the scale of google you can only be excellent maybe maybe that's just a lesson on like you can only be excellent and dominant in so many areas you know google's already excellent and dominant in so many other areas that maybe it's just a false notion to assume that they can continue to be excellent and dominant uh in every area that they go into and that's just simply seeing not to be the case so from a founder perspective I think that should be encouraging the founders that, hey, even if Google or even if some of these big incumbent companies are, are working on these things, doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be the ones to commercialize yeah. it. So the opportunity is, is, is bigger than really has ever been, I think, to take advantage of some of this stuff. Something I will some say, thanks for bringing this, though, because I'm looking at some of the more details of, the, of this. The, the, and this is from DeepMind, by the way. Um, uh, Brylin uh, also shared with us that uh, I didn't really... We didn't realize that uh, Boston, they, 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 they at one point owned, at least I didn't, owned uh, uh, Boston Dynamics, which is a ro robotics company. Um, and DeepMind deep is more focused on the AI and maybe the machine learning. But looking at... And they the dropped the ball and sold, that, and sold that shit. They dropped the ball on that. They yeah, sold it. They did. They did sell that. And I'm looking at this paper and I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing some, some novelness. Like, they, they put it in some scenarios that it shouldn't have made on the saw. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Nah, I, 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 the last thing I'll say on just this topic is I do think, um, I'm curious to see if, to see how Google moves. And the reason why is traditionally they, um, you know, I, I think with them being a consumer company, it's been their, you know, kind of 
MO to try to commercialize these pro products themselves, rather if that's through the TV or the Google Homes or other devices, things of that nature. I'm curious if what's currently happening in the AI market um, where you have these companies packaging up the models as APIs, um, if there is an opportunity I so. there. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't heard of anything like in robotics when it comes to that. But that that could potentially be very interesting because it could leverage the growth that, you know, obviously all cloud platforms are experiencing right now um, to, you know, potentially get off the ground this, this is and, on here. and build a good business. This, this is on here. I'm looking at this phase. This, this is like it, it can there's dishes and kitchens and it like some of the ingredients are not in the right spot. Like. Uh, like. It's impressive. Um, and I think Brylin is, you're illuminating a good point. They probably, they might, it, this might just be like a, yeah, like a, um, an API. Like I could see, to me, it looks like that's where they're going towards like an API offering it to, for people to maybe over, like, I, I guess that's the direction they're going. Cause, cause imagine it, this is what it's saying, right? Before when you had to buy a robot, a robot. The robot already had to be coded with certain skills. That's why a lot of yeah. the robotics market was very niche. Versus True. here, I yeah. could see a potential world where, like, you buy a robot, uh, which is just the hardware with no software, and yeah. if it's built off of APIs or whatever, you just drop, hey, drop your your your, your Google API key, and now it's all of a sudden Give me connected some laws to around this. Give me some laws around don't this, sleep first of all. First don't sleep first, on uh first don't, don't sleep on uh don't sleep on Amazon either because I think they're going in this direction as well. They acquire Roomba, the robotic yeah, vacuum yeah, yeah. company not too long ago. Uh, yeah. and Amazon is already highly entrenched in the home devices in general, right? So they already got your home devices yeah. and electronics talking with each other and, and things like that. Yeah. And also they have uh, a robot that they've already launched in the home. I f I think it's called Spot or something like that. I might have the name wrong. But they have a robot that you can buy right now for a few thousand dollars. It's it's pretty remedial. Like it can't like, you know, wash dishes or anything like that. But you can yeah. imagine like it having accessories and arms and like capabilities to start being able to for do sure. some of those things. So um, so yeah, I, I just say like, you know, Google's doing it. It seems like Amazon's going in that direction as well. So from a consumer standpoint, um, and from a developer standpoint, you just have choice. You know, you don't have to be locked into like the the Google ecosystem. You know, you could build on Amazon as well. Or shit, Apple. I'm sure Apple's probably going to jump into that space as well. I feel like I would almost prefer that. Like, just buy the hardware and you let me choose what API I want to use. Maybe not from a I consumer. All consumers not going to do that. But I don't know. It, to me, yeah. it's given the vibe of like me getting to choose. Do I want to use ChatGPT or Claude? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think oh, we it gotta will be always. It gotta be I, I limitations, think, I think though. We might teeter the line between, like, uh, because of what we know, like custom customization. Um, I think we will. Uh, but to your point, like, well, the, the average consumer they might just be cool with just getting Alexa and with in that new form, or getting, mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever the other. You're getting Siri and it's true form. Nah, or whatever. You're like, when, when, you're like, see what's gonna happen, bro? Is people. A APIs are already becoming easier to interface with. Y'all, y'all thinking about the old way about how it is, about what it takes to get an API set up and on some new infrastructure and all the technical stuff you got to go through. In the future, we're going to that's not going to be the case. That is, it's going to be so easy oh, so to get two systems oh. talking to each other. And so 
that's that's the whole point of what's happening in a lot of software software development right now. Even with a code interpreter, you can type a, type a question and then get code on the back end. So you can imagine in the future, you can a regular person could just write an API endpoint, just talk, just write in natural language. I want this to talk to this. Simple. Everything's done for you. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's what I'm just it, saying. This I, needs to be limitations. I can see that. I can see that. At the same time, you know, uh, I just wonder if, like, do we get lazier over time, too? You know, like, easier. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah, I can see it getting easier. You can just talk to it, you know. Uh, I think we get lazier through the enablement of technology, though. Like, kind of like food delivery, right? Like, people are more lazy yeah, and maybe we're yeah. cooking, but it's because you can get food delivery. So that's why I think the it'll get more easier in the future because, you're right, people will become more lazier. But I think that's just a function of technology enabling. If the technology doesn't enable that, then people don't have the option to be as lazy. Uh, at least that's at least that's my 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 assumption. But you know, yeah. that hopefully that's the world we go to. Shit, in the world where my mom or your mom, anybody, any one of our moms can just like write an API through natural language, bro. That we've hit a different level when when we when we can get to that. That's a crazy world where they could do that. Because think about how many ideas are right, right now. Think about how many ideas right now are not seeing the light of day because people aren't technical enough to just create them. Uh, I mean, so many, so many. Mm. I mean, it's, it's I'm not going to lie mm. to you. I mean, I've been coding since, I, like y'all said all the time, I've been coding since I was 13. I can tell you that, um, that uh, there are a ton of, uh, things that are not being built because people can't even in their mind think about the technical aspect of it. Um, and they're just like, just like, no, that's just not worth it. You know what I'm saying? You So, um, yeah, like I think both of y'all like are right in the sense of like, there that will unlock a whole different, that will unlock a lot of different things we haven't seen when you could just use what is standard, which is like, for example, in our cases in the United States, it's English. Let me, let me, English, you know, like I want, that's, I want, that's, that's different. I want to ask this question because my man Dre been on the money talk the last few weeks is it's not if this technology comes, it's when this technology comes, obviously it can help yeah. us, you know, dishes, whatever, AKA be more lazy. But let's not act like, you know, this yeah. technology would just be in those small <laughs> in those small kind of like devices. Eventually it'll be in your cars and probably there's devices and machines that we can't even imagine. So from an asset standpoint, generating some money, some putting some money in your pocket, man. Like what 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 yeah, oh, what ideas or, or getting, tasks come to mind for y'all? Getting a getting a loan, getting getting a, a above average consumer robot. Um, and taking out a loan and having it do work for you, uh, and somehow maybe having access to some software, like imagine Amazon or something or Google, whatever, hooking it up to that, or maybe there's some interme intermediary where it's like a system like Turo or something, or or TaskRabbit. Like imagine if in the future somehow you could hook up your robot to like a TaskRabbit, um, like two and just have it go complete like, task. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like like that 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 work that that that, that work for it. That works for us. Oh, right, like that's like, and I saw that's not too far fetched from what Elon, from what Elon was talking about with the with Tesla. Elon mentioned uh, building the Tesla taxi network, where basically you could just yeah. put your car on that boy, 
and it can go complete yeah, rides or food or package deliveries for you. Yeah. So I think that might be the first on-ramp for people to be able to take a off-the-shelf robot, not have to do any special customization to it, and literally be able to have it work for it, you know, work for you. You know, the only yeah. thing that's needed to enable that is for Tesla to like flip a switch and be like, all right, now we have the Tesla ride share program similar to what Cruise is doing, you know, uh, but now at this point, you can own the asset that goes on the network. Um, and so that yeah. might be the first on-ramp to how people might mm -hmm. do that. And then I think that naturally inspires yeah. like, oh shit, well, what are the other robotic use cases? Yeah. You know, now we start getting into some of the other stuff yeah. that, you know. So we can start to yeah. imagine. I, I, I think Elon's smart in the sense of not um, like in hindsight, when I'm thinking about some of the stuff that you're saying, Dre, um, the, the car, the cars that we have today, I just got a new car um, and it wasn't like, it's not like a brand new, like I've been driving all brand new cars just all year and I'm fine with like the model that I got right now, which is like a, it's like a, maybe it was made like eight years ago, something like that. Um, cool car, whatever. But it made me realize that like, cause my last car was a Model X. And I was like, wait, oh, like when I got in this car, I was like, I love this car, but I can't help but notice how robotic the new cars are in the sense of like, it really, like when you said like the, the Tesla is a robot, literally that just like, I was like, oh, it definitely is. Cause when I hopped back into like, just a car that just was like, what, like 15, whatever, that wasn't that long ago. I hop yeah. back into a car and like, and like, like, it's not like, no, like the test, like I had a Model X and I, and I've driven threes all the time. I never drove the Model S. Um, so I don't know. I can't speak to that, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that Elon almost maybe he has never said this, but, um, it, it would be smart for him to say something like this. It'd be a nice soundbite to say like, um, that like, I realized that like, one of the robots that that is like cool to have is a car like 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 that's one of the that's one of the coolest robots that we have right now like like we operate it's normal to operate multi-thousand pound machinery you know like that's built into our society you know what i'm saying so um so when Drake mm -hmm. talks about the on-ramp i can see how people's buying steps like the slow steps to getting and then before you know it they're looking up and it's like a robot that look because we I think people think robot they think look like me like looks like yeah me. yeah yeah like 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 looks like a human like uh mm -hmm. but like it 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 actually I think it, it will look back like in the future we'll look back in hindsight but all it started before it took form in like art form you know what I'm saying like um and also I, I there's gonna be some weird forms of robots we'll see too I imagine uh in the future like that that like mm -hmm. yeah we'll see our form but then like there'll be some other forms that i think will be like are useful for some type of reason that will look kind of strange i think i'm not gonna lie but that's different yeah Bra brownlee you nah. remember a couple months ago you said you asked a question you was like uh you said like, how is tesla different than any other car maker or like now you, you know you was like the something about like the legacy car makers catching up to tesla tesla ain't doing nothing different it was it was something crazy some crazy talk like that <laughs> this is how Tesla's different, bro. Nobody, ain't nobody else doing this, man. Nobody else is doing this. GM got their little cruise Look, line. They doing a little bit of stuff, but like, bro, what Elon is doing, he is plotting a whole different path, bro. A whole different path than we've them. ever seen before. Yeah, they had to do a deal with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They need yeah, his technology. Yeah, they, all these, and we from Michigan, like we from the Motor City, bro. Like, so trust me, when I went back to Detroit, I had a Mustang, bro. 
Like, like I had a Mustang yeah. top down. I had a Mustang, like, and I felt proud. Like, I worked at, I worked at Ford. But, like, I would love to say the, uh, the automakers have it together. I, but that's just, mm. we can't, we can't say that. We can't, we can't say that. I wish we could. <laughs> we I got, I got, man, so pull the top down, to pull the top down. I, I, you know what? I, I got to say something about this. For, for my, because me and my girl, we had to go through this. It's unbelievable how manual it is to pull the top down in a Ford Mustang. Like, you got to take the, the latch, twist it. Oh, yeah. And you got to yeah. twist it, like, the right way. Then you got to, like, pull it. And then you got to, like, let... Then you got to press the button. And I'm like, bruh, we... What? We still, like... We still, like... The cars I get into, even, like, like foreign cars or even, uh, like, a, a Tesla... Or Tesla well, well, they don't have convertibles as far as I know, but but, like... Most like a, a most cars, you just press the button. You press the button, it just pops up. So, so I just wanted to just say that like we can't look at these legacy automakers. Like we want to make sure that we look keep them in context. They're around because they understood something and they built like a, they changed the world. But uh, like, there's a future, and like they're starting to have to negotiate with the new people in town, which is like Tesla. And for example, I've been seeing Rivian pop up. Too, but uh, um, too early to see what, what's that going. What's going on with that? Nah, uh, I, 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 I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this on the on the Tesla piece before we just transition. Is I need to go find that episode where I said that because that that that's ridiculous. If I said that, damn. Uh, but the <laughs> but the thing we did not the thing we did not talk about is um, and I know they've been spending some some R and D dollars on this. Is they bought Solar City, so how are they like? How are they gonna put a solar panel on mm-hmm. your car to where you you don't gotta go plug it in no more? The sun as you drive in the sun, that bitch is charging itself. Like in that, think about <laughs> why think yeah. about why that yeah. is so important when it comes to you saying your car is gonna go do some work on your be your behalf. But forget that rabbit hole. I know we were talking about other life forms, Dre man, UFOs and all that crazy man. Mess, man. What you hear? Yeah, what's going on? Man. So, okay. So this is wild. Like, I'm actually surprised that more people are not talking about this. I, I totally understand. It seemed like in the last couple of years, at least, like, us as a society have become even more enthralled and interested in, like, UFOs and aliens and alien sight, UFO sightings and just all these weird phenomenons. But this is the absolute first time I've ever heard an intelligence officer, somebody on the inside, talk about discovering biological material. So this past week, uh, the congressional subcommittee met, I think it was on the 26th, to hear testimony from several uh, military officers who alleged that the government is essentially concealing evidence of UFOs. And so, um, you know, the, the subcommittee was essentially put together to help investigate what's happening with these US UFOs within the military and make sure that the military is following proper reporting protocol and keeping Congress abreast about these government programs, especially something dealing with UFOs, because obviously that might have national security implications. At least that's how it is in Hollywood. Who knows? Maybe these, maybe these aliens are really nice and they don't want to hurt us. Um, and yeah. so, you know, for the, since, you know, it's been the last, I would say, 200 years um, or so, there has been a lot of different phenomena and sightings around UFOs. Like, it dates back that far since the, the beginning of the 1800s. But up until recently, in 2017, 
there were these three Navy videos that end up leaking. You guys might have seen this, but it leaked on. Um, and this is this is going to be important to the later the later part of what's happening with these committees now. But in 2017, there was this Navy video that leaked um, from the Pentagon that show like this crazy tic tac size object like flying around in the sky while these Navy officers were on their like patrol. And it was flying in these like weird directions and accelerating and decelerating um, and ascending and descending at rates that didn't seem um, to line up with any technology that could be made by us. It seemed like it defied the laws of physics. And this is one of the first times that the public got a really good look at what these UFO objects look like. Like, again, we've seen pictures before. We've kind of seen some grainy video, but this is the first time where we have actual good military video that kind of shows like what these interactions are looking like for the Navy officers. Um, and so then that ended up sparking in 2021, the Pentagon ended up forming a new group to coordinate efforts to basically detect, you know, these different objects that prompted the subcommittee to kind of get more involved. And so essentially Congress has been getting frustrated because there's been a lack of transparency because the Pentagon has been you know, holding a lot of this information from these UFO sightings and from these actual crash, these crash sites where aliens have actually apparently crashed on Earth. And the military has, uh, you know, sent out a, a team to basically, you know, grab the material that essentially crashed, apparently. And so these recent hearings involve really three people. So the first person, I'm going to just call David F., who was a fighter pilot from 2017 who recorded the videos of that TikTok-like object um, that was flying uh, around Navy, uh, Navy vessels. And so he, he, came on Congre he came on Capitol Hill and he testified. Another guy, is a, his name is Ryan Graves. He was a F-18 pilot for over 10 years. And he testified that they saw so many UFO sightings um, that it, it was like an everyday, it became a normal part of life. So he testified, just add a little bit more color to what the first guy said. But the last guy is when the real bombshell kind of took effect because this guy was a formal, a former uh, Air Force intelligence officer retired at the rank of major. So he was really high up and had incredibly high security clearance. And so he was briefed on a lot of secret, top secret information that would not have even been in the preview of Congress. And he testified that the Pentagon had essentially recovered um, a crash site, a few crash landings of aliens that had crashed on Earth, and they actually collected biological material of non-human organs, of non-human organ, meaning like some biological material. We're not gonna, we can call it alien, we can call it whatever we want, but essentially some biological material substance that was non-human was actually collected and has been, um, you know, essentially the Pentagon is trying to reverse engineer some of these, you know, some of the biology that they recover, as well as the, the physical materials from the vehicle. And um, this guy had to seek whistleblower status because the Pentagon essentially denied his claim, obviously trying to come after him because, you know, they're saying that he's telling classified information. And so under the Whistleblower Act, he's able to at least uh, talk to Congress and these, testi these testifying hearings, testimonial hearings have been public. So a lot of this information has been streamed online. Um, and so, yeah, to, to, to sum that up, there's been a reported history of the Pentagon essentially hiding a lot of the sensitive material about these uh, crash landings and the collection of this bi uh, biological material 
and the actual crafts that these beings are essentially uh, crash landing in on Earth. And, you know, I think the public should know about this. And apparently the, the subcommittee believes that as well. So that's why they're starting to dig more into it and actually, you know, publicize these hearings. And so I'll stop right there um, because, yeah, this is the first time at least that I've heard of something like this. Um, and I just felt like, why is the media not talking about this? Like we spent a lot of time talking about that submarine, those missing people in the submarine and, you know, not to discredit those families. Obviously that's horrible, but that consumed media. And here we are talking about biological material of non-human origin. And I don't even think it made the nightly news on, on ABC. So that just feels strange to me. I don't know. What do y'all think? So I, okay. Well, that's a, that's, that's a, it's a lot. Um, there's, there's a lot. Jerry did his research. Yeah. There's a lot of implications. Um, potentially first things first, I'll say that, um, with this, I'm going to, I'm going to keep an open mind, but at the same time, I'm very skeptical at the same time though, uh, the, the, it's interesting that the Pentagon offers the Pentagon is is basically saying like this is baseless, uh, which which obviously contrasts like these three people who had higher positions and are basically saying hey look we you know we want protections you know whistleblower you know you, you want like you want to be able to say what you saw because you believe it's important to to the public, um so and I take that very seriously uh because you know when, like our company we en we enable um, people to have the ability to, you know, whistleblow, et cetera. And they, in those cases, those people are usually more anonymous and they don't, they, they, they feel scared. Um, so what I'll say is like, one, uh, I guess if it's at this point where it's at the hearing, I guess we got to see how it plays out going to the media aspect of it. There, there may be some level of, uh, uh, definitely avoidance potentially, um, like like for example, uh, like you said, like the submarine or just certain other topics will capture the the cycle and it capture everyone's attention much more. Um, and I think a part of that is because not only was it a social media conversation, but also they were also talking about it on all these legacy uh, media. And what it does seem like maybe and Dre, if I'm wrong, correct me, but it sounds like you're saying. The legacy media is not talking about it as much because I do, I have not been able to avoid this topic of aliens and UFOs across my social medias. Um, but as far as me seeing like anything like a CNN or like a, uh, like just like a more or ABC or whatever, something more official, I have not seen much of that, which would, would which would be something to be interesting. Um, uh, it would make me wonder why that would be. Um, and in some cases, the, the reality is of legacy media is that sometimes it's simply just like, hey, look, uh, don't talk about that. <laughs> don't talk about that. Um, like, yeah. we, like they see what's being talked about. Um, then sometimes it's as simple as, hey, look, uh, whoever, whoever has influence, whoever has the, the pools or whoever has favors or whatever. Hey, or in the government, and in this case, this is the government, the Pentagon, you know, the Pentagon saying, hey, look. We're like, we're embarrassed by these claims and depending on saying all this, they, they may be telling news outlets, Hey, don't speak about this. Don't let this propaganda, like this is propaganda. 
This is coming from the Pentagon. We consider this propaganda. Do not say anything about this. So that could be that could be one of the reasons why we don't see it um, being talked about more on a more official standpoint. But I do see it being talked about a lot on social media um, to a point where I can't I can't ignore it. It's like one of those like things that it's, it's popping up everywhere, um, but not from a uh, more legacy standpoint. So I can only speculate, but it seems like maybe a potential thing could be you know the fact that the Pentagon has a lot of authority, um, and they're saying. You know they're, you know they're they're basically saying, hey, no, no, this is not, this this is bullshit. So do do y'all yeah. think do y'all think there's a world that can exist where, because I do I do believe this guy right, and I I think yeah I I definitely think why do, why life do you, form why do you exists. believe? Uh, because I just I believe it, it'd be small minded to assume that we are the only life form that can possibly exist out there. And to assume that we have discovered the highest level of technology and science and engineering and capabilities that are just possible. And I, I like, yeah, sure. That could, maybe we are that, that civilization that has like hit that. But I just, I find that line of thinking hard to believe. And so I can believe that. The other thing is that like, I think because the traditional media is not talking about it, that makes me further believe that to Rodney's point, there is some people at the top who are trying to kill a story because traditionally media has, has typically leaned towards, at least in the social world, in the social era, I should say, that's typically leaned towards what is being socially discussed, right? Social yeah. subjects and what people want to socially talk about because traditional media is dying, right? Like they, they're literally grabbing stories based on what's being talked about on social media. And so if this story is as pervasive and everywhere all over social, which it is on mine as it is on Rodney's and as it potentially is on yours, Brylin, and if traditional media is not talking about it, then I don't know. You at least got to be like, why, why is that? Right? Like what, what's really going yeah. on there? Yeah. And I don't know. And to me, it's that, to me, that, to me, that could possibly be from like, oh, they don't want them spreading propaganda. Sure. But I don't know. I feel like if the when the media when the military steps in and be like, hey, don't talk about this, it's because they don't want the facts to get out. Like, I don't know. At yeah. least that's what I think. Maybe it's not the case. I think. Oh, sorry. Um, I I think that uh, there is a world where so so. I am open to the idea that there's aliens uh, and UFOs, et cetera. I'm open to that idea. Do I believe these people? I can't say that I, I have, I can't say, I'll play like this. This is my thought process. I don't see why they would lie. However, there have been times when mm -hmm. I have not seen why somebody would lie and they lied. So, so that's my real stance on, uh, on how I see that. What are the like, consequences are if they lie to Congress in this context? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because because they're well, getting whistleblower status, they, are, they, they might not have they might not have serious consequences. I don't know. Well, I mean, they are testif. They this is a real testimony, so it's to they are testifying under under oath. So I guess the consequences would be if Congress were to investigate these claims, and then it comes to find out that these claims were completely false, right? Like if other evidence presented itself that it was completely false, then the consequences is probably perjury, because they are testifying. Uh, I, I, how would how would Congress be able to? Because wouldn't they just get rid of the evidence? Like like how? Because 
I just think the government, if, if this were true, if this were true, if this were true, let's say this was entirely true, I feel like they just get rid of the evidence. <laughs> like, just get rid of the evidence, wipe clean, like, it's done, it's over with. It never happened. If you know, you know. Like, and we're going to stay yeah, silent on the outside. Like, like, I just can't, like, I, like let's at least, like, I, I can't see how Congress would be able to figure out or whoever they would lead the investigations. I can't see how you would get into a government agency and get them to make anything. I, I, like, I, I, I really, I have low, like, uh, which is the reason why whistleblowers are important. Uh, uh, but I don't know. Stay on, stay on that point, though. I don't think, I wouldn't consider these guys in the category of being a whistleblower because traditionally whistleblowers have come with evidence. They put documents in your hands. They put videos in front of you. Like, that would have been different. Like, I feel like the impact and the consequences probably would have been different if it was like, nah, actually, here, 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 here's the information we, we, we got. Like, we, we, we were working with in the Pentagon or here's, here's a video of us actually pulling that material. Like, seeing is believing. Yeah, See, seeing is believing. I, I think the way the government is all is ran, it's like, it's like, it's very difficult for people to provide that type of information. Um, the way that they usually set up, like to my understanding, especially when I look at things of like of like the the NSA has been accused of on multiple different occasions, whether it was with Edward Snowden or more recently this one woman. Um, like the way the governments are usually set up, they're set up in such a way where like it's not it wouldn't be easy to get evidence. Like it wouldn't be easy to 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 bring evidence to the table you see what i'm saying so so like that's why like it would be difficult even in edward snowden's case he had to really like when i watched the movie he was so creative about how he got that information out of the uh, the nsa and it to the point where like he like it just took a lot of like it just took a lot of strategic thinking he you know he claims he's almost got caught then, like, you know, putting something in the Rubik's Cube, I think. I don't know if that was for the movie or real life, whatever. But point being, like, he had to do something extra to get the evidence out of the, like. So, I, I think that it is something to point. I think as far as credibility of a whistleblower, yes, we have to look at, we have to have a skeptical mind still if there's not, if there's lack of evidence. But we also need to understand that they have set up these agencies in such a way where it will be very difficult to provide evidence even if there was something going on like it would just be very difficult to do that so we can't fully just just like we we start to like i don't know uh, there, um, there, there's yeah. been so much there, there's been so much stuff that the our government and international governments have been involved in and we have literally only heard about a fraction that's like true. because that's true. to Ronnie's point, like the, the government in, like is designed to keep a lot of this information classified. Let's ask the question of if this is true, can we honestly say the public would be calm about this? I mean, think think about the implications of this being true, Brian. Where if the government on national live TV was like, "Here's the alien that we found. Here's what we discovered. Here's the technology," and they gave a whole demonstration, laid it all out there. Do we really believe like average yeah. people would be able to like consume that and not panic? Like not whatever panic means, whether it's going out and buying shit because that has implications, whether it's 
looting, whatever it may be to like stock up, like farm <laughs> themselves, whatever it may be. Do we honestly think like the American people, just American people alone would be able to handle yeah. that? I, I honestly can't say that we can. We can barely Brown stand in line and wait for toilet, wait for toilet paper and during COVID. Yeah. Bradley, respond first. Cause I, cause that Dre brought up something interesting, but I want I want to hear Bradley, what you got to say to, to that. Uh, just curious your thoughts. Cause. I think That's it, I, yeah, so I think it, um, I don't think you would see panic, but I think you would see people take it with a different level of seriousness and their actions would reflect that. Not necessarily similar to what we saw in COVID. And the reason why I'm saying that is like, these things don't happen as frequent for that to be true. Like I, I like I was just reading the report from the Pentagon and since 2021, there's only been 366 uh, reports of UFO sightings. And so that's, that's, that's not a lot. That's not a lot. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is this is just my perspective. Yes, it's a possibility. Like, I, I, I think as humans, it's because it's so hard for us to see someone else potentially, like, being above us as a species, we, 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 we place our assumptions on, 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 on these potential other beings. And I think one of the assumptions that like needs to be challenged is why do we assume that a UFO could even fit on earth? Like, how do we know that like similar to think about us in like other insects or <laughs> us in relation to like Bob, <laughs> be, like th that could, that could potentially be, be a, be, be be a reality. That's worse. That's worse. Like, I mean, that means that means it just, we're just in the we're just, that'd be worse because in that case we just get wiped out. Like we just get wiped out. We don't even get a chance to like. But, that's worse. Like if we could have been on Earth, that's worse. Because it's like but we're Brown, so but insignificant Brown, that we just get blown. But that's not the. But that's not that, the question. That's, that's, that's not the question. The the question is if yeah, you yeah. got all the information, if you got all the information to prove that this is real, you don't think people will panic. You think people will be calm and just be like. Okay, that's just a part of life, and we're just gonna accept that. Like that's that's what you no. think the American, at least the American people, responsible be. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I I I I don't think we would panic because I think similar. Like I feel like people would be split between like the Independence Day type of aliens, but then you would have a. I feel like you would have a, a good amount of people who would be hoping to meet e ET. They would want to, you know, potentially this this a new dog. And so I feel like yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's what, it's yeah. what narrative, what narrative are you buying into? Yeah. Okay. So, so hmm. one thing I want to say, That's so, look, so look, let me, let me pose a question. Um, uh, let me pose a question. So when you look at how the Pentagon is currently responding, uh, which is like, this is straight bullshit. Uh, this is disrespectful and insulting to us that this is even being brought to our, like brought to us. Um, when I think about um, uh, Dre's point of like the panic thing, I actually do think that like people would have like some level of panic or some type of, or some type of irrational behavior, I believe would happen. I don't know if it would be violent. I don't know if it would be whatever, but I do believe there'll be some irrationality. Um, just because, for example, I mean, when Threads came out, I saw people acting crazy and it was just like a social media app. So I can't only imagine like if there was concrete evidence of aliens and UFOs, like, a, like, there would be some rational behavior that we would see. Um, but what if the alien uh, jumped off looking like you, though? Real quick, no, real quick, though, real quick. Uh, that'd be crazy. That'd be scary. That'd be scary. 
Um, but real quick, look, but real quick though, um, regarding like the response to the Pentagon, they they the response to, like whether the information is true or false, the response to the Pentagon seemingly would be the same from my perspective. Because if it was true, I believe yeah. the Pentagon would do the same thing they're doing. Not like I think their their current response would be the same whether it was true or false. That's why it's difficult to kind of like tell the yeah, credibility. I can see of this. that because I can see that because if it was yeah because it was true they would be doing the same thing like oh no no this, this is not going on like I feel like they would be yeah I feel like they would be hiding it um you know what I'm saying uh but I don't think they would I, if they discovered that stuff I don't think they would willingly come out and say no I don't believe it. what I don't well, believe that's why that. I said what well, that's why I said if they if they did right like because we all agree like yeah. n- nine times out of ten they would never come out and never admit to it for real right yeah but i'm just saying in the most edge case scenario if they did come forward and lay it all out to the people i i cannot see a a a world where people would would not panic people are predictably irrational and if people are panicking over toilet paper for some shit that you can't see like covid you can't see that shit people panicking over that i i can't see a world where we see some non-human life form being that has been here and people just chilling. It's how it looks, though. It's how it looks, though, though. I ain't gonna lie. It's how it looks, though. No, 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 bro. No, I promise you. No, and it, it don't if matter, it, bro. If it, if it, no, no, no. If it came, but but baby, like chipmunk came from space. That's an alien, bro. But I would not be tripping, bro. I promise you, I would be tweaking. I would be straight, bro. Like I would be like, oh, day, like. That's crazy. Hey, I, I hope that's the case. But if it, but I hope that's but if it was case. like Brian said, if it was a full form like us, I'm 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 going crazy. I'm I'm losing. No, I'll go crazy. I ain't I going to handle that. I feel like I could. I would be able. I would be able to accept like an ugly Independence Day like alien. But similar to what Rodney said, yeah. that thing hop out, hop out looking like us. I'm. I'm and what's wild is, bro, I had this experience when I was in Atlanta. Actually, Dre. This is when me and Lena had met up with you and you and your wife out in Atlanta. You remember when we went to brunch? We were Uber and back, yeah. bro. We were Uber and back to the crib. And the Uber driver, I don't know, you know, we had we had a few mimosas. So I thought I was tripping for a bit. And homeboy was talking about the ATL alien. He was like, Do you know why they call us ATL aliens? I was like, nah, why? Did, bro, the dude did like, I swear he he almost got me to believe that he was an alien, bro. Like, <laughs> and so My that's why. Had you been smoking? Were y'all smoking? <laughs> no, this bro. He did. He did. No. He did some weird tweet shit. I was like, oh hell no! Get me, get me home. Like, get me home. You know, if they hop off these UFOs looking just like us, imagine, bro. We don't know who is that's real. Crazy. It's like some men in black. Also, That's like some men in black shit right there. Yeah, and currently, based on the claims that are the, that 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 have been said in the hearing, I would not. I, I would would think it's strange that there are parts flowing from the sky, but unless there are like multiple beings, like I, I like I think I think I think the multiple beings part would be the part that would make me mm. feel scared. Like if we just saw some parts that like that. You know, like, I I think it's it depends on what like I I really think the image that is whatever the images in the video show would determine the level of like 
would people panic react to that? Yeah, humans yeah, are yeah, arrogant. That's just like parts. If I guess parts, it's like it's like okay, something's out there, but it's not like something's live right now, like live and breathe, like like with us. Like that's different. Like that's yeah. Nah, nah, I can't, I can't mess with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that that's crazy. I don't know, man. I mean, shit. Look, let's just let's just cross our fingers that we never have to come in contact with that, at least in our lifetime. Because, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to deal with that. Whether I, whether it's true or not true, I just don't want to see it. Honestly, shit, you're right. Well, you know, we might. So I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a stack. Something I would love to see, bro, is imagine these aliens coming down and like being able to compete with like some of the best athletes in the world. You know what I mean? Who are oh, the see, best at their no, craft? No. Like, imagine, imagine like Space Jam. Like Space Jam. Yeah, like, <laughs> like Space Jam. LeBron, <laughs> what's up? Or like Messi, nah, what's up? Nah. And so, Dre, I know you have some stuff about. Bro, Messi. you trying to be nah. friends? Why not? Nah, yeah, you trying to be. We, we can't let's jump into the Messi. Can't risk that, bro. Because yeah, you trying to be friends? We, we can't. First of all, no, nah, no. Nah. First of all, how did you get to like them playing in the league? Bro, bro, there's so many reasons why that's, we can't do that. Like, we, first of all, there's so many things we got to get our understanding on before we get to, like, can you play sports? I'm going to keep it. No, so see, Brylan just went straight to the end. He he didn't, he just went straight to the end of, like. He didn't just went straight to the end, bro. I'm like, the, I'm like. The optimist view, the optimist view of, like, us us all getting along. And, that's dope. you know, that would be Elon. That's Elon's vision, which is we are all interplanetarium intergalactic species they can all go together maybe we'll have an yeah. olympics an alien and human olympics yeah uh, bro but feeding against them. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you okay I, Brian, 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 I don't have a good answer for why not i just want to know how do we get to aliens that are lebron size to them being in the league that that I, there's no why not on my side there's not like i'm not saying that can't happen so there's not a why not like there's no why not it can't like whatever I mean, i'm saying I, how do you get from 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 that shit getting here to we're now opening the doors for it to compete at high level, bro. I right mean, so, me so, that, so, so 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 just think about this, right? Like, if aliens are out there, like, just think about this in terms of like things being measured in space. They're typically measured by light years. So how fat, like, how far has this light had to travel for us to be able to experience it here on Earth or whatever, right? So imagine. Some folks being a thousand, a billion light years away, right? We didn't even have basketball in terms of the Earth historical context mm -hmm. a billion years ago. So we don't know if they're a billion years ahead or a billion. Actually, if the, if it's a if it's a billion, yeah, it, it they could be a billion mm -hmm. years ahead of us. What is the game of basketball uh -huh. then? I feel like, bro, I feel like if they're able to get to us and they also have the athleticism of high-level athletes, I feel like, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm just not optimistic. I feel like they, I feel like they swore okay. to conquer No, no, no. This is going to be like, 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 why do they kind of play by, why would they play by our rules? That's not, I don't understand. Unless like it's I, only a small group or something like, why would they, like, like if they can get to us. Come on, dude. We can't get to them. They can get to us, and they're also af more athletic and all these. Bro, I don't know. Nah. I, I feel like the, they would, that. The future I want is everything that we were talking about when it comes to robots, and then these super crazy aliens, but domesticated. If you can give me aliens and robots in my lifetime, bro, 
and allow me to control Ah, bro. Domesticated, bro. First of all, they came to us, and you want them to be domesticated to our... You see, yeah, see. What's up, bro? I'm that's gonna start the relationship. That's that that already starts the relationship off wrong because you you trying to conquer them. You you already thinking with a colonization mindset. You use the word <laughs> right. domesticate. You already thinking like a right. colonizer. They already they already ahead of that. They already know how we thinking. <laughs> bro, they already know how we. Bro, think. I can't, like, bro. Because also, I think we would also fumble it. I think we would fumble the relationship. I think we would. I think we would be defensive unless they're like unless they're intelligent enough to to be able to like understand that. And get past that. Yeah. I don't think we could build a relationship with aliens. I don't think so. Uh, I think I think I think we would be too scared. I think we'd be too scared, and we would damage the relationship. I think we would be hmm. scared of losing position, dominance, and hierarchy, and all the other things. Like, and like I think we'd be too scared. I think that would overcome us. Like, hmm. like unless we all come together, like they say. But like, I think we would be too. I think we'd have too many actors that act irrationally in a moment like that. That would like, they'd be like, you know what, man, fuck this. Like, we pulled up, we thought y'all would be, nah, we about to just take it, like, 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 yeah, that's like, yeah. Let's have hyper empathy. Let's have hyper empathy. That would be crazy. That's different. That would be a crazy, crazy, crazy future of 10 Vision. But let's switch gears real quick, guys. This is probably going to be the last thing we can cover. I, I was looking, so I already told y'all at the beginning, I went to a professional soccer match this weekend. And so, I, I I don't know about y'all, but I never really grew up playing soccer, watching soccer. That was never my thing. I was always like basketball, baseball, other track and field, like football, things like that. So I never played soccer. So I don't. Did y'all grow up playing soccer? Or was y'all, did y'all have a lot of exposure uh, to soccer? Actually, I did. I, I I did grow up playing soccer. I was uh, my my mom and my my parents. So they they put me in soccer for a couple of years. Um, and real quick, uh, I, I it reminded me of a story. Uh, uh so I was I. I didn't continue soccer because I wasn't that good. Um, but I remember, uh, you know, uh, uh, we my my dad he wanted to motivate me to to uh, score. Like I, mean, I don't think I had scored not a single goal that whole entire season. Um, and he was like, "Look," but he knew I loved like video games stuff like that. So he was like, "Look, if uh, this might have been like twenty years ago, bro, like I must have been like eight years old or something." He said, like, "Look, if you could just score one goal this season." I will get you whatever game, whatever, like whatever you want. That's what he said, right? And I remember there was this one, you know, some days little by and there was this one game and uh I somehow I broke away, right? I had and I was flying down the field. Everybody looked to my left looking right, nobody there, just like me and the in and the goalie, right? And and everybody's like, I broke past. And I don't know what happened. This memory always popped back up when I hear soccer, but for some reason I just stopped. Like I just stopped. I just literally, I just stopped. Like I, I just stopped. I, bro, I don't even know what happened. Like I just stopped, and like people just started picking up the game. But like afterwards, everyone was like, "Why? Like what happened?" Like cause that, the whole crowd was cheering and everything. They was like, "Why just stop?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I remember telling everybody, "Like I don't know." So I just wanted to just like, there's, um, we brought up soccer. I played for a couple of years when I was younger, um, and that story always comes to my mind for some reason. Because to this day, yeah. I can't tell you why I stopped. <laughs> like I, I can't tell you why I stopped. But yeah, it's just it was I, weird. I love watching kids. I love watching little kids play soccer. It's like it's it's so funny. <laughs> just yeah. seeing, them, seeing them out there on the field. Um, yeah. But this this soccer season. So for me, I I haven't had much exposure. My wife though, she grew up playing soccer. Like play at a really high competitive level. Like 
state championships and all of that. So she she had a ton of exposure to it. And so I've been getting more and more exposed to it. And what I've been learning is like this past season, at least, has been dominated by these massive uh, soccer contracts. I didn't realize how well-paid soccer athletes can be, specifically internationally. So the latest headline that even got me like diving down this rabbit hole is uh, this European soccer player that was offered, I think it was like $700 million for a a one-year contract with Saudi Arabia's uh, soccer league. And like even like every athlete was just like, even athletes in the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, boxing, everybody was like, damn, like they paying that much money for like, for like soccer? Yeah, like shit, yeah. sign, sign me up for like whatever league, mm-hmm. whatever other Saudi league is getting ready to come up. Um, and so I just found it incredibly interesting to like, you know, soccer players can make a lot of money. So I started diving more into it and looking into the to fee, uh, Major League Soccer in the U.S. and how it's been growing over the past few years and how this one particular soccer player has a contract that's expected to be valued at $1.6 billion. This is a $1.6 billion contract. And right now he's only committed to plan for two years. So I was like, how the hell did that even come about? So right now, I didn't even know the Major, major League Soccer was actually started in 1993. I thought Major League Soccer was like relatively new. So this was out before, before I was even born. But it was started in 1993 in the U.S. And right now they have 29 teams. So still relatively small, 26 teams in the U.S., three of those teams in Canada. And Major League Soccer, just to compare it against other sports, is, is still relatively small in the U.S. So Major League Soccer generated, let's say, about $2 billion in revenue in 2022 compared to the NFL, which generated $12 billion, or the NBA, which generated $10 billion. So it, it's a little bit behind in terms of, like, revenue, but it's growing really, really fast. And so right now, the average team in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in Major League Soccer is valued at $600 million. I think it was last episode we talked about Magic Johnson, how he bought the Washington Commanders for $6 billion. So just think about that spread. Average Major League Soccer team right now valued at $600 million, and Magic just brought a team for $6 billion, right? So that's, that's the discrepancy in team value. And, and the growth that these teams are expected to see is, 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 is incredible. So I'm going to talk a little bit about, about it. So how does the growth actually derive in the, in the world of sports? Well, most of it is done through TV and media rights and then merchandise and sponsorships. So from a TV and media rights standpoint, Major League Soccer signed a deal with Apple, I think it was last year, uh, for 10 years. It's a $2.5 billion contract, and it's expected to pay Major League Soccer about $250 million a year. If you compare that to, uh, I think the NFL just signed a deal for $10 billion, a little bit over $10 billion. Oh, no, the NBA, I'm sorry, just signed a deal for a little bit over $10 billion for their media rights. So again, $1.6 $1.6 billion, I'm sorry, $2.5 billion versus $10 billion. And even if you compare it to other soccer leagues, like international soccer leagues in Europe, the English Premier League, they, their media rights uh, contract is for $1.64 billion um, per season. So again, it, it's kind of on par with what you see in the NFL and NBA. So that just goes to show how small, again, Major League Soccer is. And the reason why that, I'm emphasizing how small it is is because that's going to be important to how some of these deals that are being struck at the player level, how these are going to start to manifest into major cash payouts to them later on in, in ways that we haven't seen before and why this is important to other sports beyond just soccer. So the team where Messi, uh, so Messi just signed a contract, as I mentioned, for it, it's expected to be approximately $1.6 billion. 
And I'm going to break down what that contract means. But the first thing is to know about this is the team that he plays for is called Inner Miami. And this is a team located in Miami. And this is partly owned by David Beckham. And so this part is really interesting here because David Beckham was also a former professional soccer player that played overseas in the UK. And then he uh, came to, I think he played in California for the, uh, the uh, uh, Major League Soccer back in uh, uh, 2007 or six, one of those years. And at the time, part of his contract agreement, this was back in 20, uh, 2007, his contract agreement at the time was that if he joined Major League Soccer, he would get an option to buy an expansion team for $25 million. That was the deal that he struck in 2007. So when he decided to retire from, from playing soccer, he kicked in his player option. So in 2014, him and a group of investors came in, decided to kick in the, play, the player option to acquire an expansion team. That expansion team happened to be in Miami, which is a phenomenal location for it. And so today, Miami soccer team is valued at $600 million. So already his investment is 24x. It took a couple of years for him to get the team going, but it has 24x. So that player option that he lost. That's wild. Think about this. This, Bro, it's crazy. Think about this. He got an option in, 27, in, in 2007 that he didn't even get a chance to really exercise in the 2020. That was the first season of the Miami soccer team. That's a crazy long-term option to buy something for $25 million. Don't even touch it. Don't do nothing with it. And then the first season is already valued at $600 million. That's crazy multiples. And right now they're working on a new stadium in Miami and they believe that when the stadium is done, they're going to be valued at over a billion dollars. So that'll take his investment even more. So getting to Messi, right? And why this contract is really important. Messi, for those who don't know, and I, I didn't know much about Messi because again, I didn't have a lot of exposure to soccer. Messi is one of the greatest soccer players apparently to ever play the game. He is considered like the Michael Jordan effectively of soccer. He started playing when he was 17 years old. He has numerous championships, numerous MVPs. And the way MVPs work in soccer is that they're recognized at, fi at the level of FIFA, which FIFA essentially governs all of the, the rules and regulations around soccer, which is a whole separate thing. We got to talk about FIFA in a separate thing because the, the power that FIFA has as, a, as an organization, I don't think I've ever seen uh, at all. Like, it's, just, it's just unbelievable of a sport. Um, and so he's considered one of the GOATs. And so anyway, in, two, in, 20, in 2023, so this year, he signed with Miami. That deal is valued at $2.6 billion. But here's how that deal breaks out. He'll get paid about $60 million a year. So it's a two-year contract. He'll get paid $60 million a year. That contract is on par with like a Joel Embiid or a LeBron James or Stephen Curry. They make about $50, $60 million a year. So that, that's not too crazy. But what's even more crazier is that similar to, to – um, David Beckham, Messi also has a player option to acquire a portion of the Miami team. And so his player option is probably just as, just as uh, discounted as like David Beckham's player option. Maybe not to the same effect, but is highly discounted considering how much value is expected to grow over the next several years. So he has that player option. But beyond that, he's going to get paid $60 million from different endorsement partners. And he signed a secret deal with Apple and Adidas to where he's going to be getting an individual revenue share of the broadcasting rights as well as the merchandise sold. The broadcasting rights is, is a real key point to emphasize because that has never been done before. 
that means that any any user that subscribes to Apple's MLS uh, Plus subscription, Messi is essentially getting a portion of that revenue that's generated from there. Think about that. That that's equivalent to like Michael Jordan getting a, a percentage of the broadcasting rights of the NBA championship back when he was playing in the nineties, which honestly he should have, he should have gotten some of that, but he didn't. And so Messi is getting a portion of that. And so that's expected to pay hundreds of millions of dollars over the course of his lifetime with them. And then the other thing that he got is an option to also play with the team during the 2026 season, which is when the world cup is expected to come to the U S. And so that's going to drive even more revenue for the teams, which is going to drive even more revenue for him. This man has over 485 million uh, followers on IG. He's one of the most followed accounts on IG. So he has a massive audience. Um, and I think this is a big deal, not even just for soccer, but beyond that. Because what it's really showing is the power of individual players and how much they actually contribute to their respective sports. Like, like in the case of LeBron, he has literally dominated the conversation of basketball for the last 20-something years. And so one could argue that he is also worthy of perhaps, you know, maybe getting a portion of the streaming rights or the broadcasting rights that, that he has helped, uh, you know, increase over the course of his 20-year career. And so this is bringing a different conversation to the table as the NBA player bargain agreement comes up, as the M NFL player bargain agreement comes up, as all these other sports in America starts to, you know, players start to negotiate their future contracts. This notion of these really high superstar players getting a piece of broadcasting contracts getting a piece of revenue split from merchandise uh, hasn't been seen before in the U.S. at least. And so that's going to really flip the script, I think. Uh, and nevertheless, the fact that one player can earn almost $1.6 billion from a single two-year contract is just nuts in and of itself. So, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting story uh, and want to kind of tie all those pieces together. Well, uh, wow. Uh, one, to, it's a... It's, uh, it's it's crazy to, you know, to, to really get going at 17 um, and then, like, be uh, this world star in the way that uh, Messi has. I mean, I looked it up. He's only 36. So, you know, um, that's, that's – and he also, even at this age, to get that type of deal is crazy because uh, usually, like, yep. when we think sports, we think age means you're not going to get as much because they're not as uh, maybe – athletic or whatever the, the it's young man sports type idea um one thing that i was thinking of as you were speaking was that you know i have always wondered in in in, in my life i've always wondered why maybe soccer wasn't maybe like uh what we consider like more the american sports so like when i think of american sports i think you know baseball hockey and basketball primarily um and uh and that, that, that's me. I, I'm sure it could be a little bit more than that. But, uh, you know, um, I know that, you know, a lot of times we'll see packed baseball stadiums and packed football stadiums. But, you know, it, it, it hasn't been talked about as much about like going to games. And maybe that's because now is the time for these investments. Now people are putting the, the money towards, you know, um, these ma like major league, it's called MLS, the major league soccer. Um, so, so I guess, um, that, that, that the fact that there wasn't, um, they, there wasn't stars here. Um, and they're now putting also, they're bringing the stars here with money, et cetera. That goes to show that they are trying to also 
expand America in the sense of like uh, sports culture, but then it also does affect other athletes, as you pointed out, in the sense of like, well, one, if you're just like an athlete in general, you see this like, what, like this is crazy. Like you're just an athlete, period. I don't care what level you're at. You see a, a deal like this, you're going to be like, you're going to be thinking about your deal, but also this idea, like, uh, I, before I even got a chance to ask you about it, you made the parallel between um, MJ and the NBA and some of the things that, you know, um, like the value that he brought to the league. And also just like kind of in hindsight, how, to be honest, he really, he really deserves a lot more in, in a lot of ways uh, uh, because, you know, uh, it's almost like, you know, um, the, it's a, it's, there, there are players like in, in every sport, there are players that supersede the sport and then bring the sport to a, like a, bring attention to the sport in a much different way. And I think that's what people are saying. I think that's what this messy deal uh, represents. Um, it was just a, a superstar who has also been in the World Cup um, and uh, is coming to America. Uh, and of course, he has financial incentives to do it, but also these new, this idea of like the deals having, like basically having, you know, there, there's more technical terms, but essentially having equity. Um, and also, for example, like the, the buyer's option for a team later is similar to like the idea of like, for example, you know, when you give a, a employee stock options, obviously it's not one-to-one, but the idea of you're an early employee at this company um, and you know, um, you're here early and we're paying you, but we're also going to give you the option to later buy some, you know, ownership later. Um, and, uh, for athletes, that definitely seems to be something that, um, is, is, is new. There's a lot of changes coming in sports clearly because across the board, I mean, that's the professional level. And then we saw it at the college, the collegiate level with the NIH and they stuff like that. Um. There's just, it does seem to be like this unlocking of basically, you know, um, uh, of, of ability to create a living and also have potential ownership, especially if you are like a superstar. And so I'm happy for him. Um, and I think I'm also happy that that kind of maybe might create a paradigm shift where people like LeBron, before they exit the NBA, maybe they, maybe they can maybe their agents can have different conversations so they can point to more concrete examples of different types of deals um, that are being done. Um, for example, in this case, like this soccer deal. And, and, and in this case, like when you, I didn't know Apple put that money into MLS or, or like the, the media. I, I don't know exactly how you phrased it, but I didn't know Apple had a stake. Um, and whenever Apple does something like that, there's, there's, a, there's a plan and there's a lot more money in the tuck for that. Um, and there's also they essentially bought they, they, they essentially bought the streaming rights to MLS games. So just like Fox, uh, like, <laughs> you know, they 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 had the NF the NFL oh games. Oh my or god! I TNT has basketball. If you want to watch an MLS game, you have to subscribe to Apple's. They might. They might. They they might. They might convert a good segment of Android users. I'm not gonna lie. One thing that I I do notice. Um, Apple is a very like, like, how do I put it? Like it's, it's a certain class of product. It's kind of like a cool product. People like to have the iPhone. People like to have the iMessage, et cetera, the, the, all that. But like, there's a large segment of people who don't, 
um, because it might be like customization. But then I've seen this other segment that like when I, a lot of people who are international have Android phones. Like most people that I've met that have come from outside of the country um, or like they like they have an Android phone for whatever reason. That this is not the case across across the board, but um, I guess like having exclusive rights is a very big deal. It may not seem like a big deal to everybody right now, but if they are taking a bet um, and pouring all this money into it, that could also be a strategy to get people not only sign e either one sign onto their network or two like switch devices, and depending on how they set up the experience. Um, so that could be that's that's interesting. But think about how they subsidize. Uh, it. I, yeah. I I don't think you're far off. Like right. Yeah, it, it, it's gonna be interesting. I don't, Brian. What are your thoughts? I saw you. You're getting ready to say something. Nah, I mean, I don't have much on like the 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 the, the soccer stuff because I mean, I feel like you hit on all the details. Is Brian, there. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, I was just saying. Uh, no, nah, that that everything just learning about that league. I I mean, it makes sense why Apple would jump on that, bro. Like, and I think. Even what Apple does, like when you buy a new iPhone or something, don't they aren't they giving like Apple TV away, um, or something? Wait, is Ryan for a year? No, I can hear him. So, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, man, well, uh, we gotta watch. You gotta watch these big players. Um, like we gotta we gotta watch these big players. Very interesting, like Apple. What I mean by that is like, well, athletes and also big business players too. Um, it sounds like there are a lot of opportunities opening up uh, across the board, and uh, and I can see soccer being soccer. I, I do believe soccer should be bigger in America, um, just because it's internationally just very every it's it's it's. I mean. It's it's almost like these people are like superstars. When you like, like soccer players, like these people are like, you know, baseball yeah. players They're times big. another level. Yeah, like They're so, big. like it only makes sense for 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 there to be a bigger market for that out here um, in America. So it's expected yeah, to. It's expected that the U.S. population by 2050 is going to be 60% more Hispanics in America. Like, the Hispanic population is going to grow even more. In Latin America, I mean, soccer wow. soccer is the most popular sports in, in wow. Latin America. Yeah. It's the most popular sport in the world, yeah. but specifically in Latin America, it is yeah. dominant. And so if the U.S. population starts to shift and starts to look different, that's going to obviously change a, a bit of the sports culture. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think... I think Apple and, you know, David Beckham, Messi, some of these people that are making these investments are very early in a, in a market that is just so small relative to the rest of the world. Soccer is just so small yeah. here. And yet the U.S. is yes. a massive entertainment, especially live sports market. Yes. You know, we support yeah. so many different live sports that are billion dollar markets. And so, yeah, I think it's still, I think it's still young and it's gone. A lot of people are going to make a lot of money. So it's going to be interesting. Sports is crazy. They, they. I mean, the sports is sports mm. across the board from esports to regular sports, like collegiate sports. Like, like, it's it's getting crazy. Like, yeah, it's getting crazy. Oh, but yeah. All right, y'all. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Are we are we good? No, nah, that was a good one. I think we're good, guys. Yeah, we touched on a lot. <laughs> it's a good episode. It's a good episode. But, uh, absolutely. All right, well, let's wrap it up. I'll see y'all on the next one. Bye, y'all. All right.